Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Cattle Menu Podcast. Today we talk about succession planning, which bear with me, is an incredibly challenging topic to talk about, but so, so important. And I honestly fear for the next generation of farmers and ranchers because this is an area that I don't think we are putting enough focus on, even though a lot of podcasts and conference talks have been talking about it. And so I encourage you to listen to my guest. She is an expert in the industry And she has really made it her passion to do this well and to make sure that passing down the ranch is the right decision, making sure that all of the ducks are in a row and so that it can be as seamless as a transition as possible, which sounds challenging. And I know it can be really frustrating, but I don't want to see family operations be sold anymore simply due to the fact that we haven't gotten everything in line to have a successful transfer. So settle in and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I found so many good nuggets. And the one thing that really sticks out with me is how she talks about the fact that not everyone is ready to run a ranch. And just because there are children or nieces and nephews does not mean that we should hand over ownership if they are not owner qualified. So I'd love to hear what you think after you stay tuned and listen. Thank you. Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. We have a special guest today who is going to talk all things passing your operation down to the next generation. And we've met with you, Elaine, before, and you had some great pieces of knowledge. So I'm so excited for this interview. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? So I'm a farm kid from birth. I grew up on a farm really close to Winnipeg where I did chase cows and drive combine. And then I married a seed grower. So we have a 5,000 acre certified seed farm on mile 16 uh, above the U.S. border in southwestern Manitoba. And I'm the mom to a successor. Our son is in a joint venture with us. He's 34 with his wife and three darling kids who are my grandkids who live 159 steps from my back door. So it's awesome being grandma next door. I'm a writer, so I wrote the book Farming's In-Law Factor, so I have to practice what I preach, Carolyn. My daughter-in-law lives right next door to me, and I also am a farm family coach, so that's my passion to help farm families figure out certainty of timelines and agreements, and because I'm aging, I have a team of seven coaches who are replicating my work all across North America, so that's kind of in a nutshell who I am, what I do. I also am very active in my church with Sunday school and Our town has 1,544 people and about 800 people around town in the country. So we're in an isolated area, but not quite as isolated maybe as some of the ranchers listening to this in Montana. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you have a very challenging role. I'm sure it's very rewarding on one hand, but it also can be incredibly challenging because the idea of succession planning and the idea about talking 
in agriculture has always been kind of this hard stop for us. And it seems to repeat itself generation after generation. I remember, you know, my dad talking about my grandpa is still alive. He turns 90 this March, but talking about, you know, I'm I'm unsure what his documentation says. And then as my dad's starting the process, also saying, okay, this was a, something that you were worried about with your father. Why are we starting to repeat the behavior? And it's not as easy as just saying that, right? But talk a little bit about kind of how you got into this role and a little bit about how you approach it that might be different than what we're hearing at other conferences and other approaches. So I talk about the tsunami of agriculture, Carolyn, and that's the stuckness or the backup. If you think of um, someone 55 listening to this or even 85, there's 30 years of backlog of people not acting on getting their affairs in order. And I like to use the word transition rather than succession, because succession implies that somebody gets knocked off their throne like the Queen of England or King Charles we have now, right? So let's 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 change our language and let's change our mindset. And the mindset I want listeners to have is that transition doesn't have to be hard, but you need to have courageous conversations and you need to deal with what I call the bull in the middle of the room, which are the things that you're avoiding. And the other thing I want to encourage folks is that fairness is helping everyone be successful. So I have a video on YouTube called Finding Fairness in Farm Transition, because it's what I'm working towards is a mindset shift, just like you're working to get more women ranchers and more women in agriculture aligned with their roles. I'm working to get people to think about that transition doesn't have to be hard, but it is a journey. And so what's the map? for that journey. And the map for me is three words, four words, income stream. How do you as the next gen have enough to live on and be well compensated for what you're contributing? How does the aging generation, your grandparents, your parents, how do they know their income secure for the next 20 or 30 years? Second thing is, where's everybody going to live? Because we all know in ranching that the housing issue is always a key question. And the third thing is what I've already mentioned is fairness. How do we help everyone in this family, ranch heirs and non-ranch siblings and heirs? How do we help everyone be successful? And what's your definition of success? My definition of success is being rich in relationship. And we all know that that's what people are afraid of, that if we have start having these conversations, somebody's going to get angry and never talk again. That stops here because that doesn't have to happen. Everybody gets to choose if they want to be rich in relationship. And if that's what you truly want for your ranch and for your family and your farm, then you're going to dive into being the leader, what I call the driver of the transition process, because you're going to make sure you keep taking the next step. I love that idea about transition because in my mind, as my brother and I are looking at our operation, there is a lot of moving pieces. It's not just my father's role going to my brother's role. It is a lot of different moving pieces and it looks very different. And so I think the word transition allows that to kind of morph into a new picture with the same beautiful things that the generation before had. 
And I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but we have a lot of listeners who are either first generation. So I want to talk about that, setting themselves up. But I also want to talk about the ones who are second or third generation who have come back to the family operation and are hoping that that conversation starts. What what motion, what movement do they do if they are in relationship on an operation with parents, grandparents, in-laws, how can they kind of get the ball rolling? So first of all, you said hoping. And in Proverbs, there's a verse that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so I want everyone listening to this podcast to know that you have hope, but you have to be willing to do the work. And so what you're saying for first-generation farmers is that's a little bit different because they're the ones creating the farm. And one of my coaches, Lydia Carpenter, and her husband, Vion, who live near just 40 minutes away from me, Lydia is a first-generation farmer who has a direct marketing business, and she's in a joint venture with um, a landlord who gives them access to land. And they, they, they make a good profitable living off a quarter section of land plus some rented land. So that's one example where, in her case she's coming to the table with someone who's not family, right? Then you have people like you with your brother who say, well, if dad had a not so great experience or was a little bit, you know, cautious about what happened in his conversations with his father, you don't have to repeat what happened in the, in the generation previous. But what you have to do is decide on your approach, Carolyn. So what is your approach? First of all, what do you want? Are you really clear on what your business plan is for the ranch? Are you clear on how much time now that you're newly married and you're going to start having a family? There's going to be a whole other bag of apples in terms of the polarity that I call it. Polarity is a problem that never goes away, but has to be managed. So you might want to ranch differently than your dad and mom have, and your vision might be different. So I would encourage you to have a one-page business plan, to be really clear with what your vision is, And as I've been talking on podcasts for the last year is write a letter, sit down with your word document and write a letter to your parents, dear mom and dad, it's time for us to get more clarity and certainty for our our future. And I'm pretty sure you want more clarity and certainty for your future as well. I'm just curious, how much income do you and mom need every year going forward for the next 20 years? Do you have a financial planner? I'm also curious how you think you want to divest of your assets or transition wealth as you age. And that's the whole inheritance problem, Carolyn, because people are not talking about money because they're afraid of fights. And they're also afraid of greed and entitlement. So my approach is put it on paper and you choose you. You do you and you deliver to your parents your expectations and you deliver it to them in writing so that they can sit down and read it and go, wow, this is amazing. Carolyn's really figured this out. She knows exactly the timelines and what they're thinking. And if they're thinking something totally different, that's okay. Because then after they do their thinking, then you're both going to come to the table and you're going to start talking. And you can use this little animal that I have. This is a beanie baby bull ox that I use as a talking stick. And whoever holds the talking stick gets to talk uninterrupted. And people will tell you that after getting together to start doing the talking, it's amazing the assumptions they've been making that you can break down and get clarity of expectations, certainty of timelines. And so another powerful mindset shift that I have, I've written it here on a cardboard is by when. 
by when does Carolyn and her husband get some equity on this ranch? By when does Carolyn's brother get equity? By when, Dad, do you want to be totally removed from this operation? But I suspect you never do. So then let's talk about roles. And you and I talked earlier about your ranch camp, which is a beautiful idea for 15 women to come and get comfortable about taking on new roles. And then some of your listeners are daughter-in-laws. And you need to be aligned with your daughter-in-law because if you're not embracing her as a valuable team member of your farm and ranch, you're cutting off your right arm. What if she's really good at men? What if she's the one that's the one should do your marketing? Like, there's all kinds of questions to be answered. So the three key roles or key points are income streams, where people are going to live. So income streams, housing, and fairness. And if the listeners just took those words away today, they'd already be on a journey of transition. That was really helpful. One thing that I know that we've done, which is a little different than I would say 90% of our listeners, is when we sat down to kind of go over a succession plan, I really encouraged my brother to be the change that we wanted to see. And one thing that we always wish is that the assets weren't the retirement. Exactly. We wish exactly. that there was retirement accounts and and some of that they you know they started that but not to the level of what they would need today which I think is very common in family business. And so I said to my brother how do we be the change? How do we start putting money every single month in retirement the same amount of money that we're spending at the gas station getting snacks. I mean it's not thousands of dollars. Yeah. But if we want it to change for our kids and we want our kids to ranch together, we have to do this a little differently. And so we have really, we use that phrase, my brother and I a lot, is what change do we want to see in the operation? And then how can we be the change first and encourage that behavior in anything? So we love, my brother and I probably over-communicate. I live about (laughs) four hours from him and I'm down there two days a week about, and we talk on the phone every single day. And my dad loves a lot of communication. And I said, okay, let's just start over communicating. Let's just start sending a text message every single day with what we're working on that day and what's going to get accomplished. And I said, let's just be the change. If we want change to happen, let's just start now. There's no point in waiting for the, you know, our dad to change and then us to follow his behavior. Like we can just change. And I think, when you're talking about writing a letter and stuff like that, it's easy to just say, okay, I'm going to, you know, write a letter, I'm going to pass it off. And then I'm never going to bring it up. I'm never going to schedule a meeting, or I'm not going to get my own assets in order and start to have that conversation. If you have kids, you know, are you talking out loud with your parents or in-laws about here's our wishes? We've written them down. We've met with an attorney. If something happens to us, like, You can start that conversation, even if you just have to be talking about your family. And I think it helps open the doors a little bit if you start to make some movements and some conversations about those topics. Do you have a fall or spring production sale? On March 26th, April 23rd and 25th at 7 p.m., we're hosting our annual production sale classes. This year, we're going to be covering the importance of investing in your future and what that looks like. Caroline will teach you strategies to create content that will impact your marketing structure for years to come. Don't wait. These classes are limited to the first 100 people to sign up. 
You can sign up now at krosecompany.com backslash seedstock dash class. The other thing too, that's really good about what you just said, Carolyn, is I was in Malta, Montana last winter in March and Glasgow working with ranch families. And there a family there whose father was very not cooperative and they saw that early on in their marriage. And so what they started to do is to buy assets that moved. So the skid stair, the cows, the rail panels, anything that they could move to relocate. And that's ultimately what they did when he threw down the succession planning documents and said, this is not something I'm going to participate in. So he was very clear. And what I what I like about that story is that they did exactly what you and bro- your brother did. They decided that they would be the change. And so for listeners here who are wanting to build equity, if it's not shares in the ranch corporation or something, it can be other liquid assets that they that you can move around, right? Or that you can start showing your willingness to service debt. Um, when I was in Deadwood, South Dakota with the Farm Bureau a year ago too, this young couple came to me and they said, Elaine, we don't want the debt that our parents are having because their debt is bad debt, not good debt. It was for things like expensive pickup trucks and things that weren't making them money. So so the other piece of encouragement I would give to listeners is get yourself a financial planner. Exactly, Carolyn, what you've done in terms of building your person. I call it my name for what you're doing is the personal wealth bubble so that you have flexibility and liquidity and not, it was either on TikTok or somewhere, social media. I looked about a lot of people are stuck parents and grandparents because their retirement plan was to sell the ranch, right? Or to sell assets from the ranch. And that's again, where thinking has to shift in 2023 because of the price of land, the price of ranches. It's not feasible even for my son to buy millions and millions of dollars worth of grain land. It's not going to happen. So he bought the seed business and he's paying us out over the next 20 years. But like you, I ha- I'm I'm fifth generation, but my my husband is a first generation Canadian. And when his parents came to Canada with a suitcase, they were very clear early on that they would build their wealth not only in the farm but also as a personal wealth bubble. And so, but we were fortunate. And that, here's another helpful phrase: that was then, this is now. The quarters here no longer cost $67,000 a quarter. The quarters where I live now are half a million dollars. And I work with families where their quarters are now 17,000. Like it's just, it's bizarre. So in be the change. What you and your brother do is doing is great, but also challenge the way solutions are created. So here's another thing. What if you actually knew what your parents needed to live on per year? Say it's $84,000 or $120,000, whatever it is. Maybe $40,000 a year draw can come from the ranch, but they're responsible for generating the 80K from somewhere else. And for young families listening to this podcast, I want you to look at your bank statements from January and February. I want you to start getting some clear sense what you need to live well, not extravagantly, but whatever living well means to you. Because I'm a home economist by degree, and I want you to have a great quality of life. Because the other thing I see in ranch families is people coming back from college and getting paid $30,000 a year. And that's horrible. That's not fair. 
And that's not sustainable because you have no disposable income to create that personal wealth bubble or to service debt. So get really clear as a young person on the farm or ranch, what do you need to live and be reasonable that you need to be compensated well. Yeah. And I think the other point to that is when we go back to income streams, if the ranch is not making enough to pay you, you have to add an income stream. And I was talking to one of my customers and they said something like, well, we can't, we're not profitable because we have a loan on the operation. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because you have a loan doesn't mean that you can't be profitable. And we tie a lot of these assumptions together that we've heard for years, right? Um, Cows only work if you don't have a note on them, or if you have to pay the land, then you have to have a second job. I mean, all these things that lies or situations that we tell ourselves. And I really love Marie Forleo. Um, I'm not sure if you follow her yes. on social mm-hmm. media, but she says mm-hmm. everything is figure outable. And yes. in agriculture, there is a lot of streams of income that we have not even considered. One of them that I think about all the time is we're not mechanics. We are cattlemen. And I think we spend so much time. I know we spend so much time in the shop in our repair bills are incredible just because it's not our expertise. And we have neighbors who they would much rather be in the shop versus working cattle. And I am surprised that none of them have approached us and said, would you like me to come for two hours a week? And you can pay me. I mean, it could be $100 an hour and it would still be cheaper than driving the piece of equipment into town. I'll do a review on all of your equipment and I'll check everything to make sure that it stays in running order. We could pay someone two hours a week. They could make $200. And if they did it to 10 farms, I mean, think of what that does. And we just, we don't think about outsourcing and income streams the same way in agriculture that we do in the rest of the world. And there is multitude of options for side hustles in agriculture that are not adding much more work. It may be something you already are doing. And also it might be something that fills your cup on top of makes a little extra money. And my coach, Lydia, who I spoke of earlier, she uh, buys prepared meals from the Hutterites because she has very intense times of getting the beef ready for direct marketing. She has students from France and Germany working on her farm that everybody needs to eat. Right. And so of course, Carolyn, there's there's all kinds of creative ways of, and and what you're doing, what you and I are doing right now digitally. I work from my home office all during COVID. I didn't stop working. I was doing webinars and all kinds of virtual presentations as a professional speaker through the web. So we know that there's opportunity there. You just have to get creative and understand what is aligned to how you're wired. Absolutely. What do you think? is the opportunity cost. I mean, I know we always talk about having to sell the ranch, but what are some of the true opportunity costs that might not be as obvious as having to sell the ranch or, you know, not talking to your siblings? If if this transition process is not started early enough or if it never really begins, what are some things that you're seeing that could be avoided if we started the transition a little bit earlier? Well, one of them is the opportunity to build that personal wealth bubble that you talked about. So it's the financial planning piece. And I'm just aghast at how many farm and ranch families don't use financial planners. And in Canada, 
We have a thing called a tax-free savings account where you can put $12,000 a year and take it out anytime you want tax-free. And I had a, far, a rancher in my seminar in November. He didn't know what that was. And I went, seriously? So knowing what financially is and getting better and, and more comfortable about talking about money and tracking your money. And then you also mentioned wills. And, and women your age and young men in Canada, they just did a, an ag study, something like 58% of them don't have a will. And I go, why? And it's because they're fighting or making assumptions over who's going to be guardians of their children, or they think it's too expensive. Well, it's not. It's again, it's a business risk management strategy. And then we have the whole thing around conflict, the opportunity cost of not talking is losing your family and losing the ranch and losing your legacy. And, and again, uh, there's a book called Rules of Estrangement and the other one's called Fault Lines. You get to choose, do you want to be rich in relationship or do you just want to have money and be miserable? Like these are very concrete, conscious decisions that people are making or making by default. So not making a decision, not having a conversation is a decision, right? And if you don't, and many people listening to this say, oh, Elaine, I could never want to bring this up with my grandfather by myself. Well, you don't have to. That's what farm family coaches do is we do the pre-work with you. We find out what you need and what you want. Then we find out what the parents want and the grandparents. And then amazingly, we bring you all together in the same Zoom call. We record it so everything you can go back and listen to again. And voila you actually find out what everyone wants and needs and is thinking and feeling. And I just read the book um, by um, Rosenberg called Nonviolent Communication. And how life-changing would it be if I came up to you, phoned you up, Carolyn, and said, hey, Carolyn, how you doing? What do you need right now? And you told me. And that's what we need to do as farm families. We need to tell each other what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we want, and what we need. And there's a lot of interesting dialogue around, oh, just take the emotion out of it. No, you have to express emotion. This really disappoints me. This excites me. I'm so happy, Grandpa, that we can make you know that you can have a life estate here. No one's kicking you out. But Grandpa, having a million dollars in your bank account is not a good use of wealth because you don't need it anymore and we need it to buy more cows or, you know, and same with, the opportunity costs about not learning how to let the cows work for you. Cause I have a lot of people who do ranching for profit, right? They sold their balers and their hay binds or whatever, because the cows work for them. And so they ranch in a totally different way than their grandparents did. It's not, it's not wrong. And so different is not wrong. It's just different. Same with you and your brother, Carolyn, you're, you're going to operate differently than your parents did. And it's not wrong. It's okay. It's just different. Absolutely. One thing that I distinctly remember from this conversation I had with my grandpa is my grandpa has not been involved in our operation for 30 some years, but he still has assets of his own, you know, farm ground he rents out and some things like that. And I said, you know, have you started to think about the process? And we just were having this conversation and he said, yeah. And, and I said, well, one thing to us it doesn't really matter. You know, he's not involved in the operation. And so I said, we don't need the money. And I wanted to make that very clear to him that as my siblings and I, we, we would survive. And I wanted to give him this permission to not feel obligated. And I said, but if your goal is to donate it to the church, 
we have to know that because we can't fulfill your dreams of your hard work and your legacy if no one knows. And I remember him looking and saying, well, I do want to give some to the church. And I said, great. How much? What is it a percentage? Is it a dollar value? Do you want it to go just, they live in a very small town, just to that church? Or I said, what does this look like? And I think by me telling him and and starting that conversation of, hey, look, I'm not after your money. I would like your legacy to continue. And I can't do that if I don't know what it looks like. And he took that conversation really well. And it has, I think that was probably five years ago. It has opened the door to a lot of conversations now. I know that they recently um, made some moves and he texted me, <laughs> my grandpa, 90 years old, texted me and That's said, awesome you know, I just want to let you know, I went to the attorney and we updated our wills and stuff. And here's the attorney's name. And he's just, we're just starting to communicate a little bit more. There's no pressure. You know, I haven't asked very in-depth details again, because he's not involved in the operation. So it looks a little different, but I know there's a lot of you listening who probably have that scenario, right? And maybe you even have started your own place and you're still talking to your parents or grandparents about their wishes. And it just was really reassuring to me. I remember I called my dad and I said, you know, grandpa's starting to have this conversation about how he wants his legacy to continue. And when I approached it that way versus the actual money aspect, I could definitely see his walls start to come down a little. Well, and how do you want, how do you wish to be remembered, right, Carolyn? And that's, that's just so, so important. I There's a, a book by John Ortberg called The Life You've Always Wanted. And he said, I want to be rich towards God and I want to be rich in relationship. And that's my passion as a farm family coach is to help people understand that having these interesting or, or hard conversations doesn't have to be hard if you use really good language. And if your intent, your intent, Carolyn, with your granddad was not to upset him. Your intent was to help him get better organized to be ready to go, but also to have a legacy of not leaving his family in chaos. And what a huge gift that is to his family. It's a beautiful gift. Yeah, it was it was such a cool conversation and just kind of seeing him relax a little bit about it because he had not really wanted to talk about it much um, has been something that's been very encouraging to me. website designed, logo for your business, or help with social media? Did you know that Kairos Company is a full-service design and marketing company? We do everything from websites to logo designs, consulting, and social media. We'd love to support small rural businesses like yours. Reach out today at kairoscompany.com backslash rural-business-marketing to get your quote. do you recommend that family hire a coach in the transition period? Is there, you know, does the next generation need to be back one year, 10 years? What, what do you recommend? I think it just depends on what you want to accomplish, what you want the outcomes to be. And what I say, I have this line, procrastination and conflict avoidance is killing agriculture. So I will have young men and women who've been back from college 10 and 11 years and say, Elaine, I can't take this anymore. You know, things were supposed to be changing or documented on year three. It's now year 11. 
And I, I have this ranch family in my mind where other bumps along the road, such as cancer and other things, a heart attack has impacted this family and mental health stuff. And, you know, life is going to happen, Carolyn. So I just really encourage people to embrace the thought of having facilitation when they're having difficulty sitting down together as a group to have these, these courageous conversations. And, you know, Lydia and I were working with a family up in Northern Alberta in November, and one of the non-farm heirs came up to us afterwards and he said, you two are amazing. And Lydia and I said, no, we're just weird because we, we can sit in conflict and help people navigate it and see it as something outside of themselves. So we always say to attack the issue, but not the person. And again, can't we always say counseling is about recovery. So you should go to therapy if you need to unpack trauma or things that have happened to you in the past and those kinds of things. But, but coaching is about helping you navigate a way going forward. So if you're stuck or if you're feeling like, you know, another two years is gone. And I just this morning, I was working with a, um, a group of, of people who want to hire me to speak in Ontario in November for a workshop. And she looked at me and she said, oh, Lane. My mom's transition has not gone well. Where were you three years ago? Well, I've been around for over 30 years doing this work. So you're asking about time. The time is now. The time is whenever you want an objective third party who's trained, who can sit in hard, difficult conversations, can manage the silence and say, we can navigate this. Let's create solutions together. So it's I just, I just want people to understand. And then people say, well, this is an investment. Yes, but what's the opportunity cost? Is the opportunity cost is, I don't know how much a cow or a new cow costs, but $1,000 is three hours of coaching. So how many cows can you put towards a coaching bill so that you can get certainty and clarity? And the other thing I wanted to offer listeners is I do have an executor checklist for Manitoba, but it it has ideas in it that would be helpful to anyone. And another PDF called the Executor Checklist, just to help you understand. Because in your grandma, when you talk about your grandfather, Carolyn, what I want to know is who's his executor? Is it your dad? And is your dad prepared? I don't know. And if you're and and your your granddad would have had to ask or should have asked the executor if they wanted that job. Because when my dad had Alzheimer's, I was his executor and I was able to get ready because I knew he had Alzheimer's and he was in care. Someday he was going to die. So I consolidated all his finances. I had a life binder prepared. I knew who all his doctors were. I knew when I got the death certificates where they had to go. And I was ready and it wasn't a big, arduous process. So sometimes we think things are hard, but that's because we're not getting ready. And a a coach will help you get ready. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think you're right about the time being now. It's really easy to say, we'll do that then, or we'll do it in a couple of years. And we have no idea what it looks like, right? What health looks like. Time is really precious. And I think the sooner you can get started, the better. And we would be fools to think that there's not a couple thousand dollars out of the budget that can be found. And that is one thing that I talk to cattlemen and women about all the time is, you know, they'll say, well, my hands are kind of tied, of course, because I sell items on commodity and I have no control. And I'm like, that's not true. We need to talk in facts. And you absolutely can control a bunch of expenses 
maybe not all expenses, but we as humans can't control all expenses, but we can control a good chunk of our expenses. And so I do think that there is the money to hire a coach. It just might look a little different. It might look a little unique and fitting it into the budget is based on priority, not based on, it doesn't just fall in. It's not like the electricity bill where it just your electricity gets shut off if you don't pay it. Like you have to purposely fit this in and maybe it takes six months of savings. You know, it's fine. It's going to look a little different, but I do think that we obviously have a a massive issue in agriculture about talking about the next generation, about ranches not going on to the next generation, about kids, you know, getting ranches in transition and not wanting them. And then someone has to buy them out or they have to sell them. I mean, there's all of this. And so I encourage all of you who are listening that if this is not something that you have started the process in, that you need to start and take some action, no matter whether you're the first generation, you're the 10th generation, There, we have to be planning for the future. And I think that we just need to start. Now's the time. I also want to encourage people to embrace the language, Carolyn. Where is it written? Where is it written that if you don't have a successor for your ranch, that you can't adopt someone like my coach, Lydia, who's been adopted by a non-family member to be in a joint venture? And so that's the other mindset shift is that it doesn't have to be blood. It doesn't have to be somebody related. And so I have a PDF, actually, of an article written in Country Guide called Not Related, where there was a farmer in Manitoba who did have a young person who worked alongside him for years and years and then came to the point, you know what, we're going to do this business together. And even though they aren't related. So there's lots of opportunity for that to happen. And the other thing I want you listeners to think about is what, what is dad or mom afraid of? What is grandpa afraid of? And grandpa is afraid of not being useful, not having a meaningful role. So we wanted to also in coaching talk about how will your roles change and what will they be as you age in place And Dick Whitman, who's a a consulting friend of mine in in Clarkson, Lewis, and Idaho, has a great um, video called Stepping Back Without Stepping Away. And I think that's a beautiful way of saying it. Granddad or mom and dad can step back without stepping away. So can you describe to me what a good day on the ranch looks like to you, mom, dad, as you age in place here? And let me describe to you what a good day on the ranch looks like to us. And if everybody's happy, then it's win-win for everybody right? Because your roles are aligned. And as you age, your roles are going to change. The other fear for your dad with you and your brother is that you two are going to screw up and lose everything. But Carolyn, you're running four businesses. So I don't think that that's the case, right? So why? So if you can have some of these interesting conversations to say, I'm just curious, mom, what's keeping you awake of it? What are you really afraid of? And if you've been managing and co-managing a ranch for 11 years and you still are an employee and you're over, like you're 36 approaching 40, something has to shift, Carolyn, because by the time you're 40, you need to have power and control of your own destiny. You need your own equity and you need to get out of what I call the pain of not knowing, not knowing what the bull is and what the solution is to those things that you're avoiding. You can't, you can't stay in that neutral zone forever. It's too stressful, too anxious. 
This has been such a great conversation. And I know that we are planning to work with you more in the future because we just feel, you know, our mission is to ensure the next generation of farmers and ranchers. That's part of your mission too. And we know that this is not an easy topic. And so as you guys digest this podcast and you listen to it, just know that it takes one step to start, but it is not easy and it can feel overwhelming. It can feel frustrating. All of those things um, are something you might feel, but it is also very rewarding because you get to look at a new picture with the same great things from the past. And I always encourage people, we can ranch differently than our grandparents while still honoring the way that they ranched. And that can happen hand in hand. And it doesn't have to be exactly how they ranched or it dishonors them. It can look different. And as you guys start to think about this transition, it is going to look different, especially if we're going from one owner to now two owners or one owner to, I mean, it's all going to look different. And so just know that it's a process And there are lots of resources out there now. And the other thing is you have to find a coach that kind of grooves and vibes with your family. And if you meet with someone, I have listened to some presentations and I just, whatever the way they communicated or it was not something that I was feeling willing to open up to. If you feel that way about the coach that you have hired, you need to find a different coach. You should feel comfortable telling them your story and knowing that it's going to be confidential and all of that. And so just know that if whoever has been hired, whoever is mentoring you, whether it be an attorney, an accountant, whatever, in this process, you should feel comfortable. And if you don't, find someone else. Life's really short and there are really good people like you, Elaine, out there who are doing coaching and who want to help make this a success. And so interview people, test your options, see who's going to be the best fit for you and your family. And I'd encourage folks just to go to farmfamilycoach.com and uh, sign up for my bi-weekly blog and insights that come out with a video and an article that I write every couple of weeks. And I have a new podcast now too, Carolyn, called the Farm Family Harmony Podcast. And podcasts like this are very powerful because we can talk to people while they're sorting cows or driving down the road to Great Falls or wherever. And it's important to people to know that talk does not cook rice. So we've just done a lot of talking, but you have to put it into action. So I hope everybody knows what their next step is going to be. So I hope they can find out what um, resources we have at farmfamilycoach.com. Well, thank you so much for being on. We'll put all the resources that you talked about in this episode in the show notes, and we'll encourage our listeners to reach out to you, especially if they're needing a coach and see if, if you or one of your coaches is the right fit for their family. Thanks, Carolyn. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks again for listening to the Cattleman You podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water it.